welcome to Brimbank Live on Live FM with your hosts Adungwit and Lydia. And today we have a very special guest with us today, Tara Tran from Viet Love. Welcome, Tara. Hi, Eddie. Hi, Lydia. Hi, all the listeners to Brimbank Live. My name is Tara Tran. Thank you for the opportunity to engage to the community today. Absolutely. And today's episode is a wrap up of our three piece uh, series on family violence within the minority community um, here in Australia and more specifically in Victoria, I guess. Um, so we have Tara on today as part of Viet Love, who has experienced um, family violence in a unique way. I guess, um, in terms of being there for community. Um, Tara, can you please explain a little bit about what Viet Love is and what your role within that organization is? Uh, thank you for the questions. Um, I am the founder of Viet Love Incorporation. Um, since the COVID breakdown beginning of 2020, uh, when everybody is suffering from isolations and um, uh, many different activity has been limited due to COVID. We uh, started a um, um, organization uh, with uh, food relief. Uh, after that, we have the English class uh, to engage the community to improve their language skill while um, entertaining and uh, supporting one another mentally um, while they're at home isolated. Um, the organization has been uh, well recognized as once we have supported one of the ladies um, got her hand uh, minced by a uh, by a mincer in a butcher shop in St Albans. Oh goodness! Uh, yeah, and um, when that happened, uh, Vit Love has came uh, approach her with the uh, support and help with the legal um, general uh, legal help, uh, engage her with WorkSafe uh, to help her uh, to uh, get back all the uh, benefit that she's supposed to have to uh, support her during a difficult time. Mm -hmm. uh, since that uh, accident, we have approached by so many different other uh, community members about uh, mental health uh, and all different types of sources of support that they are uh, seeking for, uh, that including mental health. Um, we uh, currently, until now, we have more than uh, 20,000 followers, supporters from our Facebook page. Wow. Um, and we have support uh, more than uh, 460 or something, or um, um, I don't remember the exact um, quantity uh, of mental cases. And in there, there was around 130 something cases that nearly killing themselves, um, suicidal. Um, and uh, lucky that they uh, approached to us and gave it a life change to talk them out uh, of the situations. Uh, we also have an uh, English class for um, uh, Adolf, uh, $5 per hour, um, and also free English class for uh, senior, uh, anyone above 50 year old. Uh, it's just like a English club for everybody to engage, improve their uh, improve their language skill, uh, while making friends and mentally supporting one another, and many different. Wow! Uh, wow! Yeah. And, yeah. 
Yeah. No, I was just going to say that um, it seems obviously that your involvement with the community and through Viet Love is it extends far and wide and it's not just limited to, you know, our conversation today about domestic violence and family violence. And that's so amazing to see that, you know, you're, you're really doing all of those things for the community. How much of that work is centred around, um, you know, this, this topic of family violence or this issue of family violence and domestic violence? Um, I'm not sure if you guys are aware that I have also been awarded for a Citizen of the Year 2022 by Brimbank yes. City Council yes. uh, on the Australia Day um, this uh, beginning of this year. Shout uh, out to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that was, the, I think, the efforts of a lot of people. Um, thank you to all the volunteers, all the supporters, mm. uh, help, uh, help and support VitLove and uh, engage to the community. Uh, to be where we are today. Yeah. Um, and as we all know that our community, our um, um, organizations is not limited in the mental health only, but any type of uh, help or support, just reach out to us. Um, we we'll definitely uh, help you out if that is um, some of our specialty. But if something that our, our uh, knowledge or um, specialty, we'll reach out to the Brimbank City Council, a best place for you to reach out to for any type of help that you need yeah. um, in the community. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, we'll definitely even like, you know, dedicate the last bit of this episode to doing that final sort of, you know, recommendation about, and also like a bit of a um, shout out to your community and the community to, to let them know that they can come to you. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, AD, did you have a question? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, although you do such amazing work in so many different areas, including mental health, mm-hmm. um, uh, I guess what we have you on here today for is because domestic violence and family violence, especially during COVID time, has grown significantly um, because of a, a range of different issues that have now been created uh, from this isolation and, and pressures financially in all different ways. I'm really interested to know whether you've had uh, a surge in people experiencing um, domestic and family violence during COVID um, approaching your organization and what that's been like and how you've been supporting them. Okay. Um, thank you for the questions. Uh, there was many, uh, many different um, approach from the community member to ask for support with their mental health, domestic violence during the COVID um, lockdown. Uh, and I will list out some of the outstanding cases that I have support, okay? Yep. Uh, one of the cases that we, uh, uh, one of the cases that uh, hurt me and uh, surprised me as well, uh, that is the lady from Vietnam and she has been, um, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of the intervention order, Yes. Uh, yes. She got an intervention order against her, against her, and she is the victim of domestic violence. And that due to the lacks of the language barrier, she couldn't have enough of the skill and knowledge to explain the situation to the when they arrive, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, she is the one that got sponsored by the husband to come to Australia, and mm-hmm. the husband been here in Australia for longer time, so his language skill is better and he understand yeah. more of the uh, services or the culture in Australia. So mm-hmm. he he twisted the story into um, supporting his size and uh, it's created a misunderstanding uh, result from an intervention order against her. 
mm-hmm. and with the lack of with the skill because she's um like newly arrived to Australia so she didn't know all the service available uh, to her like safe step or one eighteen hundred respect mm-hmm. so during that time uh, she um, she totally um, like devastated for the situations. Uh, the police have to drag her to oh. the uh, yeah to drag her out of the house mm. because uh, she refused to get off uh, get out of the house because she worried for her kid. Mm. Uh, she knew that the husband is the one in danger and will mm. be the one in danger to her kid. So she refused uh, the request to leave the house by the police. So uh, she was saying there was about two or two or four. I don't remember exactly, but police dragging her out to holding the hand, to holding the leg and dragging her out of the house, requesting her to leave and issue her an intervention order as well. And during that time, she had to stay in a car, in a park for maybe uh, two or three weeks. And until uh, one day she brave enough to go back to the house and then through the window, she uh, recording the image of him abusing the kid physically. Mm. Uh, so she um, she took that image and reported to the child protection. So since then, all the story has been um, clear enough uh, for the uh, child support to step in. Uh, and child support has referred her to us um, but because of the uh, language uh, difficulty. So um, Vietnam have uh, support her with the uh, language and translations and all the legal uh, support uh, to get back to where she is. And uh, when I heard her story, I, I, sh- I shocked myself because I couldn't believe that actually happened. Yeah, it, it's it really sheds a light on how many layers or how complex, you know, family violence is because there's this Mm. element of lying and and manipulation that Mm. can pin the innocent person as, as not so innocent. That's, Mm. that seems like that's one reason why, you know, people wouldn't seek help first, but Mm. do you, do you have any other reasons that you've recognized other reasons why victims don't seek help or they don't report? What are some reasons? I think other reasons could be the culture differences because uh, in Australia, domestic violence is very um, well advertised and promoted um, for every um, every um, everyone to be aware of the um, danger and uh, how to react over it. But in different countries like Asia, some of the Asia country, we don't have that um, type of knowledge, mm-hmm. um, especially Vietnam. I am from Vietnam as well. And domestic violence in Vietnam or some other country is acceptable in some cases and standards. So um, when the, um, even though when they arrived to Australia, but they have passed the age of uh, school, uh, you know, when you're at school is the time when you learn all different type of help and support and service and culture in Australia. But when they come to Australia, they uh, have passed all that stage to learn and engage with the um, knowledge to support themselves, to protect mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. They've just been busy with working and they have been left out from the benefits or from the community around them or what is there available to support them if they need it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is literally exactly why we're doing this show is because a lot of minority communities uh, are in the same boat as the Vietnamese community where they didn't have these kinds of systems back home where violence um, 
against the partner was normal and you know no one cared to help like that's your business you keep it behind the door and you know keep it private don't come Mm. out here telling people your business nobody wants to hear it and especially towards children so we did try to identify all the types of Mm. what family violence could be And yeah. there's so many different things. And what I've realized is a lot of people within minority communities um, don't understand all of the different types of violence. Um, yeah. They think it has to be it has to be physical for it to be considered domestic violence mm-hmm. or family violence. Mm-hmm. Um, have you witnessed within your community and the people that you've supported so far, um, like a common type of domestic violence that's happening outside of the physical? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, I also been granted a um, fund from Brimbang City Council about the domestic violence and we're doing a recording of uh, uh, a few of the uh, domestic violence victims that uh, Vietlove has support and some of them are not physically abused uh, but financially and mentally abused as well. Um, yeah, so uh, wait to um, for the products to be released to the community because now we're in the um, progress of uh, editing and um, subtitle for English uh, mm. to engage to the community. Mm, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, yeah. it's really interesting because you've just mentioned that you know financial um, abuse. Yeah, financial abuse. Like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when they come here, they don't have much of the knowledge of. Uh, uh, what uh, what is the benefits to them or what is their right uh, mm. and the obligations. So uh, they didn't, uh, and in some social standards uh, back home, um, the, uh, the female is usually uh, the one have to abase the, um, the male in the family. Yeah. So many different of the culture differences have um, created the uh, difficulty for them to fit into the social. Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting how, you know, when you when you exist in one society or within one culture, you know, something could be one thing, but then as soon as you go out into another community, another culture, you know, it finally starts to, like, be highlighted that you're actually experiencing, you know, yep. family violence. Um, what? How does the community view family violence? You know, based off what you've, the work that you've done, the people you've spoken to, what is the perception of family violence in, in your community? And we'll obviously relate that to other minority mm-hmm. communities. Um, the sad things to say, they ashamed for what happened because I witnessed so many victims and they they ashamed to face it or reach out for help. And that is the saddest thing that I, I experienced because um, if you're ashamed, you don't reach out for help, you keep it for yourself. The person that's suffering is you mm. because no one knows that you need help. So when you're in the situation of something that uh, stressing out, hurting you mentally or physically, come out and help, see for help because we are here to help. And um, I just tell one of the example. Uh, for, uh, from one of the victims that I have, like she also been abused uh, back in our country, Vietnam as well. And when she raising for help, um, the neighbor was like um, laughing at her, um, shaming her for that. So maybe that also some uh, you know barrier um, for them to 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 um, to reach out for 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 help from the community. Yeah. 
So it's sad. It's, it's, yeah, you know, it makes me think about how simultaneously as someone is getting, you know, abused, they're also losing their, you know, their confidence, um, that, you know, there's a, there's a withdrawal from, yeah, the withdrawal from the, um, society, from the society, you know, they're, they're having to face that difficult thing of letting go of this toxic person that's in their life. And it's, it's definitely tough. So, um, Definitely. I can imagine, you know, that it's hard to reach out for help, but it's good to put understanding and context behind it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine, um, especially when it's not physical, how difficult it would be to identify, first of all. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And then it's hard to explain it to the person opposite to you, like you're being abused when you can't show any bruises or anything. Mm. Yeah. And they're ashamed to prove all that as well. They didn't even know how to prove all that. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I was going to ask when you do identify that someone is potentially being abused, like when they tell you their story or, you know, I have no control of the money. um, I have to ask for permission to go out anywhere. You know, my, my partner looks through my phone or whatever that may be, or, you know, I get beaten or the kids get beaten and I, and I watch because I can't do anything about it. Otherwise I'll, I'll get hurt myself. Um, what are some of the ways that you try and kind of speak to these community members to convince them that they're not in the wrong and that there is something going on and that they actually have a right to take this further? Um, when anyone approaches to us, we'll listen to their story first. And uh, as a community leader and also have some knowledge about domestic violence, we identify the problem and then we gently um, roughing their pain and explain the situation to them. Uh, and then uh, from there, we will show them some of the facts and information about domestic violence. And as soon as they reach out to all those um, services or information about domestic violence, they shock themselves. Like, wow, I didn't even know myself that I'm a victim. Um, for my, yeah, so um, and we also have um, counseling counselor uh, to come in and uh, explain to them, following with the situations to make sure that they um, they are well taken care mentally and they know exactly what is happening to protect themselves and how's the exit um, the strategy uh, if something that might um, happen to them and they can protect themselves to get out of the uh, danger. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Wow. You need to yeah. be trusting as well. Like trusting. Um, yeah. You need to be trusting mm. in order to actually seek help for um, mm. domestic violence. You need to be trusting that you won't get judged. You won't. Yeah. That this will be confidential. That there's hope. You know, mm. often people don't even feel energetic about fixing a problem if they don't really think it can be fixed. Yeah. So it's good that you like you welcome them in as community members with the lack of judgment. You just get to know them and you build that trust first. And then from there they open up and I think yeah. that makes sense. It's the best yeah. way. Give them the facts and the information that those services are available to them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So then, yeah. I feel like, you know, and you both just started touching on it, the fact that people unless they feel safe that there's going to be some positive outcome they don't even report and I know a lot of people who once they do report as well end up going back to to the perpetrator because you know a whole range of things um have you ever experienced people who've come out and asked for help but then you know they turned around and went back um to the perpetrator 
Yeah, I did. Actually, I did. Uh, one of the ladies, she has been physically abused by her husband as well. Mm. Uh, every time when they fight, she just throw all her belongings on the street and say, get out of the house. Uh, this is my house. I brought you here. This is, you get out of the house. Um, and uh, uh, she approached to us for help and support. And we have placed her into a temporary housing. Um, but she was there for only two weeks. And then she turned back to him. And mm. she go back to the house. And then she accepted the situation that she'd been abused. Because she, uh, for some social or culture values, um, she thinks that um, um, she has to obey her husband's mm. order. <laughs> and then she came back and then now she's with him and we can't do anything because our um, our work is to raise the issue and tell her uh, what is the support available. But the de- decisions is ultimately on the community member to choose what they want to, to do. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, but my uh, my advice is when you're in the situations, um, don't think about anything too much for as yet. Uh, live some time for yourself to think about the situations, uh, settle down, um, and then be strong and take a step out mm. because uh, it's a toxic situation and you need to get out of it. Yeah. 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 But I guess I feel like there's so many barriers and mm. I don't want anyone listening to this to feel judged for potentially, you know, going back or having ever experienced something and staying for a little longer than they should have because yeah. there's just and, so many things. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this show is not just for the victim, but also for the uh, perpetrator as well, because mm. I believe that for them to being so abusive or so angry is something mentally uh, yeah. not right in them as well, and they mm-hmm. also need help too. Mm. So this message is not just for the victim, but for anybody out there when you think that you can't control your anger or your emotion, mm. uh, reach out to us. We always have the service there to support both the perpetrator and the victim. And mm. at the end of the story, we want everybody to be happy, family. We mm. want you to be happy with your wife and want your wife to be happy with you. So we support both of you and there is no nothing against anyone here. But the service is there. We, we want a happy community. Yeah. Mm. We want a happy community. That's a really good yeah. one. It's yeah. true. And you do have to, you know, address it from both ends. You can't just both ends, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. it'll be. And I feel sorry for the people that uh, the perpetrator as well, because maybe he been through some difficulty in his life, and maybe he didn't know how to fix it. Yeah. Emotional it state. Is, yeah. Yeah. So if if ever that you feel that your anger is hard to manage, reach out to us. We always have sources there. It's for free as well. Psychologists is for free in Australia. So reach out and uh, by being anger is also toxic for for yourself. Exactly. So fix it and make it better for for your own life and the person around you, yeah. especially your loved one, your family. Yeah. Your parents yeah. and your wife. Yeah. Yeah, it seems, you know, our final question was going to be to ask you to give advice, you know, to the general community <laughs> members. And it seems like you're already kind of speaking to the directly to the community. But, you know, take take the floor. If you want to say <laughs> anything more, please, like this is a moment to speak to your community about um, anything that you want them to know. Um, for the domestic violence, I'm not against um, anyone. And it's not 
the service is not just for women, but also for men and everybody is there, all age, all gender, all um, different ages as well. So uh, as I has mentioned, when you're uh, feeling anger and you can't control it, your anger is something wrong in you as well um, mentally. So reach out for help because by having that uh, emotionally um, uh, unstable, um, it, it will toxic and uh, uh, needs to be fixed. Mm. Um, yeah, so reach out to us for 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 any kind of um, anything. We are here to help, especially the Brimbang City, uh, City Council is the uh, all different uh, all broad uh, services there uh, to support, and we'll definitely um, uh, have some professional uh, services there to support you for, for free. So why not to sit for a harmony um, yeah. um, in your life? Yeah. Uh, you wrap that up beautifully, yeah. uh, Tara, because I'm a I'm a big advocate in not just supporting victims, but you know trying to really understand where people who do have bad habits um, or or bad traits where that comes from, because no one wakes up evil. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's an accumulation of things that have happened in your lifetime that has okay. triggered you in some way. And I guess that's the only way you know how to express yourself. Definitely. Um, so I'm really glad that Viet Love supports both perpetrators and victims without judgment um, and just gives them the support that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for joining us today, Tara. Um, you were listening to Brimbank Live on Live FM with um, Tara Tran from Viet Love, and we were your hosts, Adungwut and Lydia. But stay tuned because after this break, uh, we have the lovely Queen Ha from Relationships Australia, Victoria, to join us back to wrap it all up. Welcome back to Brimbank Live on Live FM. I'm your host, Lydia. I'm also joined by your co-host, Adungwut. We, you guys just heard the first half of this episode, which was us interviewing Tara Tran from Viet Love, talking about domestic violence. Uh, she opened up to us about her experience with her work in the community, um, the sort of things that she's observed um, you know, working with people who have firsthand experienced domestic violence. And she also, you know, gave a really gentle and kind reminder um, to the community that there is support and the ways in which they can seek it. For this next half of the episode, we'll be wrapping up this whole series with um, Queen. Queen has been with us. Um, It's been a great pleasure to have Queen with us. Um, We're now just going to take the time to sort of, I guess, um, you know, kind of express our, our reflections over this series and the things that we've found interesting, um, the sort of things that we feel are important to re-emphasize to our audience. Um, and yeah, just join us for this this last half and thank you for being with us for this series. Hi guys, how are you? <laughs> good, good. Hey, hi, hi Lydia. Hey Adonwood. Good to have you back. Yeah. It's not so weird having you missing for even just half of one episode right? with us, you know, throughout the whole time. I'm glad. I'm glad to, to be back here and um, for our last um, sequence. Mm. Yes. So How reflection time. Yeah. How are we feeling? Well, I um, I feel like you know this stuff is really important, um, mm-hmm. and you know just the very reason why we are here doing this, talking about this to the community, 
um, and you mentioned it before too, AD. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've learned so much. I've learned so much and I'm supposed to be, you know, the young woke one, but like (laughs) there are just so many things that we don't know and that's why it is so important to have such conversations with experts such as yourself. Exactly. But um, yeah, have firsthand knowledge and things like that. So pop quiz time. (laughs) I know, right? How how good have you been listening, everyone? (laughs) You know, whenever you say expert... It feels so strange to me. I know, like, you know, I'm, I I am in this work and I've I've worked with people in in this um situation of family violence, but expert though, you know, I feel like I still have so much to learn as mm. well. And I learn from the clients all the time. Mm. You know? Well, you have broadened my understanding completely about this topic of family violence and domestic violence. So you are definitely an expert, but you're also right in saying that we can never know everything. So yeah. there's always more to know. But honestly speaking, it has been such a learning experience being on this series because, yeah, my eyes have been opened to this whole topic and like the complexity of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm really hoping all of our listeners, you know, now have a better understanding that domestic and family violence isn't just a physical thing and it can manifest in so many different ways. And it doesn't have to be between just romantic partners, right? It can be um, child parent relationships. It can be elder or elderly and I don't know, young person or sorry, or um, I guess workers or employees, it's, it manifests in so many, so many different ways and it's not just physical and people are valid in feeling the way they feel and seeking help is not, or shouldn't be a shameful um, affair and that there are support services out there. And yes. And just to add to that too, you know, it doesn't happen to just particular groups in Mm -hmm. society, you know, um, like low socioeconomic um, background societies or groups um, or, you know, like like uh, drug users. You know, it happens to everyone or it can happen to everyone, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like globally. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so important to mention that for the shame element of this whole topic, because often like, you know, I'm imagining the person who is a victim and who struggles to seek help because of shame. And I think that perhaps one of those elements of shame is that they feel like what's wrong with me? Like what category of person have I fallen under to Mm. be experiencing this? So it's really, really, really handy to highlight that this can happen to anyone and does happen to anyone um, in under, you know, unique circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. I think a reoccurring theme as well that um, you've mentioned and, and Tara mentioned is the fact that perpetrators need support as well. And I love the fact that Relationships Australia Victoria has started this new pilot program for, um, I don't want to say men, but for perpetrators mm-hmm. um, to support them in kind of understanding themselves and where these behaviours come from yeah. um, and trying to help them, I guess, unlearn these things. Yeah. And, you know, part of that is, look, it's a great starting point because, um they themselves realize and acknowledge that, you know what, I messed up and I need help, mm. right? Um, 
Mm. And help means um, like quite a few few different things too. You know, not just not just like uh, blaming the, the behaviors. You know, punishing the the behaviors, but you know, going through what they need as well mentally and then other supports like like housing mm. you know like um um employment right mm-hmm. these things are the important part of their life to to get back on track as well exactly yeah you have to address everything holistically don't you you can't just pinpoint one part of something and try and fix it by dealing with that part you have to come at an issue holistically so that is that is so true I also found it really interesting how um, Tara our guest on this episode she shed light on how lying and manipulation is another element of this and that can completely twist a story and end up you know have two people end up in completely like looking, looking like they're two different people in the situation. You know, you have the perpetrator who's presenting as the innocent person and then the innocent person who's being seen as the perpetrator. And I couldn't even imagine that, you know, like when I think about this issue, I, I never extended my thought beyond like, you know, it is, it is what it is. It's even more complex than that, you know, just even identifying who, what's really going on because this sort of thing takes place in the most intimate of settings, which is your home. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you just mentioned um, the fact that language barriers Mm, really affect a situation, not just cultural barriers, but Mm just simple language barriers. If you don't understand or you don't know how to articulate what's going on, mm-hmm. anything can happen to you. Exactly. It might, you know, throw you in jail because, you know, you, you, you put a sentence together wrong and now you look really bad. Mm. Right. And well, also, yes. sorry, Lydia. No, no, no. After you, I was just going to say, yeah, it's harder to work backwards than it is, you know? Yeah. Mm, and also, um, as Tyra mentioned, and we also mentioned this um, previously as well, you know, language barrier, it's in, in, a, in a country or in a society where you already feel that you don't know anything. Mm. And, you know, to have this limited capacity to talk about your this very, very personal and mm. sensitive issue. Yes. Yes. Where do you get the confidence? Where do you get the courage to do that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is very true. And you know how she also mentioned that, you know, there's a lot of education around or, a, a, you know, a raising of awareness around this issue for, you know, young children, young adults as they're moving through the system. But then often, you know, our, these minority communities, a lot of them do come in their older years, in their adult years, and they sort of miss that opportunity to be exposed to this education just based off the environments that they're in. So it's also kind of raises this conversation of, you know, we need to be, we need to somehow, you know, use media to access and like educate any and every age group, you know, because you pass the schooling system and then, okay, now what environments you exposed to as an adult we need to be tapping into those spaces and educating you know minority groups yeah and I think it's so important that people who look like us be the ones to deliver these messages because 
how is, you know, uh, an auntie of mine going to believe some white lady who's talking down and being like, you're being abused. Um, but if, if it's coming from us, other, other Africans or, or Vietnamese people, they're like, okay, if they believe that, then I guess it's true because they're my people. And if they have a different perspective or they have this kind of perspective, then I'm allowed to have it too. Mm. Um, and I guess they can resonate more with us. Um, so yeah, we need to keep the conversation going. We need to have more people who are from ethnically diverse backgrounds delivering these messages. Mm. And, you know, when people, um, let's say from, from our culture, you know, coming to, to seek for help, it, this, this is not to say that to be culturally um, sensitive and culturally competent, mm. you need to know about every culture in the world, you know, but, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is that when, um, let's say, a, a Vietnamese client, you know, um, comes for help and, and just in this context of, of family violence, I would often get comments or, or statements like, oh, you know, you know what it's like, mm. you know, you, you would know why I, I, um, I can't leave, you know, or um, I thought you, you would know this, you know, and in some cases, it's really true. Like I can understand that um, just like Tara mentioned before, also shame, you know, the concept of shame and, and, and stigma um, about this whole thing while they are the ones suffering, mm. you know, and, yeah. and even, even feeling like the saddest thing is they feel like it's their fault. Mm. They failed. Somehow, or they must have done something wrong. Um, yeah, and you know, it's their duty or it's their role to put up with it. Mm. It's, um, it's interesting because it happens in the most intimate of relationships, too. You know, someone that you're sharing a romantic relationship with or a fam, a familial relationship with is so so intimate. So these are the these are the sorts of people in your life who have the sort of most of the power in terms of speaking over your life whether it be positively or negatively because often they know your weaknesses they know your strengths and they're able to sort of manipulate that and really you know get into your head and get into yeah just get into your head i guess and so i i do really think about shame often in the context of this conversation because it's it's probably the biggest thing that we have to um, really try and address in from different angles. I think once the shame has, once you get rid of the shame, I imagine it would be much easier essentially to, to actually seek help and, and receive the help effectively. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a really, it's a really complex issue. And I, and remember Tara just speaking about how, you know, their approach is by building the relationship and trust first um, and then going from there and and having that tough conversation of identifying and letting them know that they're actually experiencing this because you often receive, I imagine, a lot of defensive sort of responses from people who don't know you or don't trust you, you know. Why would they open up to you about something so, so, I personal. guess, personal? Yeah. Yeah. And even, you know, if they don't make decisions now to leave or, or um you know, or if they 
are already engaging with services, getting help, and still decide to return to the relationship, the the point or the the fact is that they now have the information they needed to know or, or they never got to know. Yes, you know, so um, it's for them to take the time to make their own decision and you know like an informed decision so i think it's also very important that that these messages and that the relevant information are out there absolutely absolutely well i want us to wrap up you know yeah, by we, giving we advice do. yes yeah um you want to go first lady and we'll finish off oh, with you queen but yeah let's all just give one oh, advice okay um look i'm not an expert <laughs> like queen is but um yeah i think my advice is it's probably me just trying to speak to the person who is i think i'll just speak to the person who deals with domestic domestic violence for the sake of giving one piece of advice and just say that you know like um you know i'm compassionate to the fact that you're going through something that no one's really going to understand you know no one can understand the nuances or the nitty gritties of what you're going through but ultimately if you're experiencing these forms of violence then you need to get out it's unhealthy you know it's unhealthy for you and it's unhealthy for um the person that is you know doing it to you basically and i think try and build a relationship with someone or an organization that has a good um, reputation for helping and supporting people like yourself. And, um, you know, once you open up and you feel honored, sorry, you feel like someone's honored the fact that you've opened up, I think things will get a lot better, but yeah, just take it step by step, but definitely seek help. Um, what you're going through isn't, isn't normal basically. And I'm sorry to end it on that weird note, like of being a bit down, but like, no, you're yeah, it's legit. Just, yeah, it's just like a genuine, you know, encouragement to seek help basically. Mm, yeah. I'll follow on from you and I will speak. So now we're speaking to different cohorts, right? Yeah. yeah go for it. You're going to speak to the perpetrator, huh? No, I want to, oh, speak okay. to the, I want to speak to the victims that decide to go back Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's an extra level of shame. You know, you're like, oh, I just told a whole bunch of people that I'm suffering mm. and now I've gone back. And like, how can I go around complaining again? You know, if it happens mm, yeah. to those people and let them know that it takes time. And like Queen said, you know, the first time you get out or the second time you get out, you're accumulating information, you're accumulating courage, you're accumulating knowledge. So mm. every time you go back, you're actually gaining more strength to get out next time. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's good a few times and there is no shame. And these support services or, or your loved ones around you will never, ever turn you away. Um, so keep trying, even if you feel like you failed the first time and you've gone back, you know, you've given up the second time and you've gone back, keep trying, keep working on it and guaranteed one day you will make that decision and stick to it. Um, but before then there is absolutely no shame and keep, keep speaking your truth. Mm, nice. That was a good one. Last but not least, <laughs> our lady guys. queen. Well, you know, I'm 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 not sure if it's so much an advice, but I just want to give a message. Yes. Is that mm-hmm. you know the first step is very hard. And once you know in the you're in the process of of getting help, getting what needs to be done done, the process it's it's like a journey. You know, it's a recovery journey. It's a healing journey. It's really hard. Mm. Sometimes you even feel guilty for leaving, right? You feel guilty for 
for um, uh, putting an intervention order against him. Mm. But when you speak up or when you reach out for help, it's not just helping yourself. You're actually giving other people in your who are in similar situation who are victims of family violence hope and courage as well Mm -hmm. that oh there is help Mm. you know um and i guess another message is that what you're going through is not a a reflection of who you are you know Mm. it, it doesn't matter what the abuser tells you Mm. yes you know to 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 shame you to take all that confidence away from you um you know even to take your dreams away from you Mm. you know um it's not that it's not that and once you seek help once you receive the help that that you need you will realize oh I can do so much more. Yeah. One day, like you're you're going to advocate for a lot and a lot of people who are victims of family violence. Mm. Thank you for that, um, Queen. Well, that brings us to the end of this um, this whole season, this series um, that you have tuned into um, at Brimbank Live on Live FM with your host Lydia and Adung Wood. Um, we basically, over the course of this series, we spoke about, you know, we defined um, family violence. We spoke about the barriers and what keeps community from accessing support services. We spoke about the actual services available to um, DV domestic violence victims. Um, Queen's role, her really important role in the community. Um, And we spoke about the Men's Perpetrators Violence Program that's being piloted. And we wrapped up with Tara Tran, who works for Viet Love. So it's been a very um, all-encompassing, I would say, series. We've touched on a lot. Um, There's you know, I'm sure this topic could just continue though. Um, but thank you for tuning in if you have, and please share this, this, these audio pieces with other people, because I think this is the sort of thing that needs to be spread far and wide in our community. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Um, we're saying peace out now, peace out from Lydia. AD, you can have your final remarks and queen, but yeah, thank you for listening to Brimbank Live on Live FM. Mm-hmm.